Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Primology. This is episode 106. Um, Sam's exhausted already. 15 seconds in and Sam's already contemplating her life. (laughs) When am I not, honestly? Well, okay, true. So, with that amazing intro, we're just going to jump right into this episode because I think it's going to be a longer one. This is episode 106, Charles Manson. So this is honestly a case that you could tell details about, like, for weeks. There are so many details of this case. There are so many people that are involved in this case there's so many different names and this like we could literally talk about this case for months so this is like the simplified of the simplified version because i don't want to get things wrong so i don't want to miss people or miss details so this is like the simplified of the simplified this is the like ultra spark notes version literally <laughs> of charles manson as spark note as it can be also a case i have kind of heard of this is also a case that I feel like you know, but you don't know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like you know the name, but you don't know the full details type right. of thing. Yeah. So Charles Manson was born to a 16-year-old woman who pretty much made it clear from the beginning that she didn't want Charles. So she worked as a prostitute and did anything that she could um, to get by, including petty crimes. So one day she got arrested, and this is what started Charles being passed from family member to family member. Charles followed in his mom's footsteps by committing petty crimes, getting caught, and then having to be relocated to another family member when his mother didn't take him back. So when he finally ran out of family members, his mother put him into an all-boys home. These places were not the best. Charles would get molested, abused in these homes from a young age, so he would sneak out to look for his mother, and this lifestyle continues. He runs away, commits a crime, gets caught, and then is placed in yet a different group home. One time, Charles did find his mom, but when he didn't get the reaction he wanted from his mom, he grew angry, and she took him back to the group home and just left him there. So this is how Charles' lifestyle is from a kid. Crime after crime and group home after group home. So when he becomes a teenager and a young adult, this lifestyle doesn't change. However, now instead of being relocated to a different group home, he is sent from prison to prison. But Charles found comfort in prison. Growing up as a kid with no structure in his life, prison was pretty much the only type of structure he had, and he liked it. He was guaranteed three meals a day, his own bed, and a roof over his head, so he had no complaints. He also figured out very quickly how to work the prison system, how to not make other inmates or guards like do what he wanted them to do, and then even how to lay low and stay out of everybody's way, so he pretty much learned how to rule prison. It got to the point that there were times that Charles was released from prison and he would ask to stay longer. And so when he was told no, all he would do is go back out into the world, commit another crime, get caught, and he'd be right back in. 
So from the age of 16 to 31, Charles was in prison. Well, and, and kind of going back on that too, like, you know, you watch some of those TV shows and they're like, like the live PD or, or whatever it's called now. Like, they're like, can't you just, t-? I mean, like they've done something like super misdemeanor, like where they don't go to jail, but they're like, just take me to jail. Right. So I think that's, that's one of those things too of like, yeah, there's definitely more. He goes there's... and steals a candy and he's like, oh, oh you, caught you gotta me. take me back. You gotta take me to jail. But things changed in the late 1960s when Charles was released and he's told that he can't stay longer. He goes into the world to see what kind of crime he can commit. However, he realizes that the world has changed a lot in some time. This is the time of the hippies. So everyone's all about peace, love, happiness, drugs, and sex, which so happens to be the same things that Charles likes. So he had a very let people do whatever they want to do attitude, and that's how the world was at the time. If you want to sleep on the street, do it. If you want to take acid and just lay around all day, do it. So he was loving the world he walked into. He was doing LSD, magic mushrooms, acid, whatever he could get his hands on. And he was fascinated that people were going on these quotation marks around this spiritual journeys while taking these drugs and wanted to be a part of it. And so this was the new lifestyle for Charles. Do whatever drug you could get your hands on, lay around town, not having any care in the world, stop in the street wherever you wanted to do or wherever you wanted to sleep, wake up and do it all over again. So he was loving this life. Now, while Charles was in prison, he had learned how to play the guitar and really got into music. He started to write his own songs and had the idea of getting famous one day from this. So when Charles would start, um, when he was living on the streets, he would start playing the guitar and people would stop and listen to him and they would start a friendship with in this way with one another. And then it kind of turned into a whole group that hung out with Charles and started to slowly grow over time. Now, Charles was a pretty likable guy. Girls said that he made them feel seen, made them feel valued and loved. So that's what drew them to him. And Charles would get guys to stick around his group by basically pimping out the girls to them. So you have the girls falling in love with Charles and then the way he makes them feel. And then you have all the men falling in love with Charles because he keeps girls around for them to hook up with. So over time, Charles starts calling the group of people hanging out with him the family. Now, this also makes more people want to join his group because a lot of these people are running away from home or leaving their small town lifestyle behind because their parents just don't understand them or whatever. So what these people are looking for is family. And so Charles's group at at some point would end up with about a hundred people in his family. That's crazy. Like I can't even imagine. I mean, I would assume there's, you know, like multiple houses or like a, like where they would be staying at. Or like, just on the street. Oh yeah. True. Huh? Yeah. It's wild. Literally. So he would grow his family by sending the prettier girls around town to bring people in. The girls would go up to groups, talk about how great Charles was, and would do a good job that they would then come 
and bring more people into the family. So Charles would keep his group on acid, which makes everything look more beautiful. Everything was a lot more vivid and pretty, and it makes you feel very positive and powerful. So when you're taking this stuff around these people, you want to stay around these people, which is pretty much how he kept his group so big. Over time, as more and more people started to grow and the group was getting more attention, Charles started to grow paranoid. He was the head guy of the group and didn't want someone coming for him. So from Charles' paranoia, he tells his group that the world is going to end and that the apocalypse is coming and he needed to get them ready. Now in the middle of this, the Beatles have a song named, oh, Stephen, help me. Helter Skelter? Is that what it is? Yes, sorry. Yes, Helter Skelter. (laughs) When this song comes out, Charles tells his group that the meaning behind this song was that a race war was coming and that the whites needed to stay together. So from this song and them blindly following Charles's every word, the family starts to believe that they have like this weird connection with the Beatles Because if Charles says that this is the meaning behind the song, that he must be right. And that that means the Beatles are also believe this and they're on our side. And so there were a lot of times that Charles's family would be interviewed and they'd be like, oh, just call the Beatles. Like if they would get in trouble, they'd be like, call the Beatles. So it was this weird connection with them that would be really funny like in today's scenario it'd be like uh yeah called the jonas brothers or called <laughs> taylor swift <laughs> you know like i've got a conspiracy theory about taylor swift i want to bring to you sometime but i need more time for it perfect another weird connection they have with the band is with dennis from the beach brothers so dennis was driving down the road when he picks up two girls that were hitchhiking and these two girls are from Charles's family, and they end up telling Dennis that he needs to meet Charles. Now, Dennis and Charles end up meeting each other, and they really hit it off. So remember that Charles was really into music at this time, and so that's how they bonded. To the point that Charles and Dennis would end up writing songs together, and they even recorded some songs together. It even got to the point that Dennis allowed Charles and his family to move into his house with him. So Dennis would end up going to the rest of the band saying how they needed to have Charles be a part of the group. But the rest of the group said no. They didn't like Charles and got a weird vibe from him and told Dennis that he should kick him out of his house and his life too. Good for them. Right. One day, while they were at a recording studio, Charles got mad at one of the producers and he blows up. And so this is when Dennis sees what everybody was talking about. Charles starts threatening Dennis and his family. And then this is when Dennis kicks Charles and his family out of his home. So I told you this case has a lot of details and so many different people are involved. And these were just some of the random things that I wanted to add into this case. because. There are literally so many people involved and weird details like this that have really no point in this story, but like wanted to put those details in. So this interaction with Dennis and the Beach Boys lights pretty much lights the fuse for Charles. Charles wanted to be famous and make it big time. 
and Dennis wasn't going to help in that. So Charles was, he was so close. And so it pretty much was taken away from him. So he turned this into let's take down Hollywood and everyone involved. And so this comes about Charles makes a celebrity kill list, which includes Frank Sinatra, Elizabeth Taylor, and Tom Jones, and about 50 other people. So this was a whole list that he's like, kill them all. So at one point, Charles's right-hand man in the group, is his name is Tex, and Tex gets caught scamming a black drug dealer out of some money. Now, at this time, the Black Panther Party was a big thing. They were a group that would patrol black neighborhoods and kind of keep everyone safe. So Tex scams this drug dealer, and this drug dealer would end up threatening Charles and his family. So Charles goes to the drug dealer's house and shoots him. The next day, this is all over the news. No one knows that it was Charles, but now the paranoia really hits because Charles is worried that the Black Panther Party is coming after him and his family. However, Charles doesn't see the meaning behind the Black Panther Party, so he's looking at this situation like the race war that he said was going to happen this whole time. So it's their group versus my group, the whites versus the blacks. So he's pretty much like, oh, look, everything I told you that was going to happen this whole time is now happening. Whites, we got to stick together. So nothing ever comes of this, but this was the first death that people think came from the Manson family and they got away with it. And so it kind of continues from here. Charles ends up going to a group of girls in his family in the middle of the night and says that they need to go with Tex and do what he tells them to do. So the girls were Linda, Susan, and Patricia. And these girls were like the head girls, so they would do anything for Charles. And that's why they were picked along with Tex, Tex, Charles' right-hand man. So when the group gets together... Charles gives them an address and says they need to go to this house and kill everybody at the address. So the group goes to the house and there are four people inside, including a famous actress, Sharon Tate, that was eight months pregnant at the time. So Charles ordered for everyone in the group to have some part in the murders. So it couldn't be like one person stayed in the car while the others did the actual crime. They all had to be a part of it. Right. The first person they killed was a man who was sitting outside in his car while they walked past. Tex shoots him in the face. And then when they get inside the house, they tie the remaining people together. But one person ends up getting away. One of Charles's girls ends up running after him, after the person who runs away and then stabs them in the back multiple times, killing them. Their bodies aren't discovered till the next day when the maid comes over and cleans. Now, Sharon's husband was looked at as being the murderer. So originally, they don't even look anywhere else. So the group thinks that they got away with this. And so literally the next day after this mass murder, Charles decides he needs to send his group again to another house. So he calls the same group of people back, plus two others, and gives them another address. 
At this house, there are only two people, so the group of six break into the house and all take turns stabbing the couple to death. On both walls of on both crime scenes, in the victim's blood, they write words like pig, rise, and death to pigs. At the, poli- at the time, police don't think that the same person committed both crimes. They think that the second crime was just a copycat that committed that crime. So again, the group is never really looked at. And then we jump to August 12th, 1969. The group is arrested for Grand Theft Auto. Most of the cars that the group had were stolen, and that was what originally brought them in. However, the group was later released after there were some problems with the wording within the warrant. So then we jump to August 26th. The group ends up murdering one of their own members because they thought he was a snitch. And one member of the group overheard another member talking about the details of this murder. And then the member who overheard the conversation goes and reports what they heard to police, which now puts the group back onto police radar. While this member is with police talking, she ends up telling police so many other details about the group and what they were doing in the dark and what they've been doing this whole time. So that's when pretty much this whole group unravels. So now the big part of this case is the fact that Charles didn't commit any of these crimes himself. So this is what everyone is trying to work through. How do you charge him when he didn't do anything himself? And to this day, Charles has claimed he is innocent of everything. So during trial, he still has a hold of the girls. He tells them to have fake panic attacks He has them jump around court, hooping, hollering, screaming, singing, all of this stuff. He even carves a cross tattoo into his forehead and has the girls do the same thing. Then January 1970, everyone was found guilty and they all end up getting life in prison. Tex was found guilty and sentenced to death. In court documents, it is said that the group only killed eight people, but there is said to have been more than that. So November 11th, 2017, Charles Manson passed away in prison from natural causes. Yeah, there's a lot in this one. And and now, I mean, I, I get the whole, like, we literally could do, like, three episodes on... Three million episodes. Like, this whole this whole thing. So... But yeah, I mean that's it's one that like I I knew the name, but I haven't really you know like heard what all exactly happened with it. So very interesting story. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. This yeah. is one of those that I never really wanted to do because there are so many details of it. But I was like, if we're teaching Stephen about crime. This has got to be the one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you wanted me to say something. Or you not. acted like you were going to. Oh, yeah. So like... that's episode. Is this 106? Episode yes, 106. 106. Goodness gracious. I told you. Sam is. She's checked out this week. I don't know what's wrong. I'm on vacation now. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm all forked now for the next like week. I'm done. It's going to be a week. Shut up. Anyways, 
make sure to do all the things we have instagram facebook email go do all of those things um i'm gonna go smack steven in the head so like always this is sam this is smack steven <laughs> this is criminology.